Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Watch this. Ah! What the heck are you doing? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Yeah. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. You better believe things have been different. I'd have gone pro. In a heartbeat. I'd be making millions of dollars and living in a big old mansion somewhere. You know, soaking it up in a hot tub with my soulmate. It's time for our journey to begin. We're going to start the investigation to prove that Bigfoot exists. You walk through our forests, yet you remain a mystery. You want to talk about Bigfoot? No. What are you? I do high. Uh, my opinion, and, and I believe I'm right on this, a lot of these kids that come up missing, I really truly think that Bigfoot and aliens will take them. That's my opinion. I, I believe that. Aliens. There's things out here, man, it can't be explained, you know. In the land we call wilderness, there lives a creature that has become one with legend. Bigfoot? You mean Sasquatch? At the moment, it's about to have an unpleasant encounter with the self-styled masters of the wilderness. Man. It sounds like it. stuff and things um yeah man it's good to be back in here yeah talk to the people tell the people what they need to hear tell them their stories tell them their stories so uh wanted to go ahead and first off apologize to everyone who is friends of Dadis perry and could give a rat's ass about the band fish but you know what <laughs> that's what you get when you follow me i told you it was going to be 13 nights give it billy joel the finger you got it that's what you signed up for folks that's what you signed up for <laughs> sounds like that was a success 
13 shows, 237 songs, no repeats. Yeah. With a banner raised into the rafters last night at the Garden. Nice. I'd say it was a win. And, uh, boy, watched a lot of fish <laughs> the last few nights. How, uh, including calling Chocolate Rain, which I saw that. Yes. Ellie was, I think. If she didn't already know that I was a Jedi, <laughs> it was so, proven. So obviously, every night they had a different donut flavor. I think I told you. Yeah. And uh, so the day that it was double chocolate was the flavor. I woke up and I saw that they had announced it, mm-hmm. and I I just saw it and I was like, they're gonna play Chocolate Rain, and I immediately put it out on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, they're playing Chocolate Rain. You just had a feeling of calling from the universe? Tay's on day. Yeah. It's happening. I texted my buddies uh, who we've, like, watched all these shows together from separate locations. But I came in that day to the Blaze, and I I just, I I mean, I was just singing Chocolate Rain the entire time. (laughs) The entire day, the people that were in here that didn't know what it was, I definitely, I definitely entered I definitely introduced them to it. <laughs> Six hours of chocolate rain, just yeah. whipping them over the head with it. And I'm then, sure that didn't get old. Oh, no, never. <laughs> Nothing that I do ever gets old. Yeah, of course. Just ask people. And uh, and so we actually str- – it's so funny because that was the first night that I was like, I'm going to buy the stream, mm-hmm. which they do the – live stream you basically it's like buying a ticket to the show or whatever and you can watch it real time and then the next day on demand or whatever yeah and i was i couldn't remember my login to my account and i was like da, 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 da. Oh, that's not it da, 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 da. that's not it and i was about to be like f it and i got in and i paid for it real quick and we had it on this computer over here running through the speakers. And there was one other dude that had been here all day. Good guy. And we were sitting there and it like goes from just the crowd shot, you know, with the stay tuned kind of, yeah, they'll be up here soon, but it's the live feed. And then they kind of like blink, like it's like transmission received and the band walks out on the stage and they walk over to the, uh, They've been doing a lot more acapella where the four of them, they're trained in the barbershop quartet motif. And the funny thing is, is like usually that they do that acapella stuff. But this time the keyboard player, Paige, had like a tiny little keyboard. And he went like this. (laughs) And the... And I jumped up and I was like... I was bouncing yeah. around the room, ran out, ran back in. The best part about it is, if you're familiar with Chocolate Rain, the way that Tazon Day, who, by the way, I met at um, a summer bash. Oh, yeah? They way, brought him in? 2007. <laughs> <laughs> you know how he does the uh, chocolate rain? Yeah. Like, leans away from the mic. Yeah, and it yeah. says on the video, you know, I lean away from the mic to take a breath. <laughs> yeah. So that's 
what Fish was doing. They were chocolate rain, all four of them, like in conjunction. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of fun. And it finished last night. How much of that did you watch? Did you have to buy the stream for every night or something like that? If you were, so, if you were to watch it? Me and my buddies. Through legal we, means? We kind of took turns. Yeah. And, like, you can purchase the stream, but, like, so many logins for per stream. So. Right. We were just going back and forth. My old roommate just had back surgery, so he was all laid up in his house for and has been for, like, the last week and a half. I even get a text from his wife just saying how crucial this has been to his overall well-being, <laughs> cracking up with Chris and I over the stream. So, yeah, no, uh, I mean, I was either watching and or paying attention the entire time. But, I mean, at some point when they have gone seven, it was like 13 shows in 17 days, and at some point, like six or seven shows in, becomes obvious they're not going to play the same shit over and over again. And so then it was it was on and what are they going to play for this night and that night? Yeah. Really really special stuff. So special that the world's greatest arena put a banner in the rafter last night. Um it's really rad, but so anyway, if you do if you is friends with Dadis Perry, <laughs> And I totally know that there are people that I met in Washington that I became Facebook friends, and then immediately that's all they got. <laughs> Spammed them <laughs> with. Just like, oh, yeah. who is this son of a bitch? <laughs> and I already know there's plenty of people that they pretend like they're my friends, but I know they're not my friends really. That whole, like, you can remain friends but never see anything that this person puts. I already right. know that's happening. You're not fooling anybody, people. They'd silence you or whatever. But... <clears throat> you know, whatever. Whatever. I do it for my own entertainment. <laughs> I'm doing all this for my own entertainment. Screw the rest of them. But so, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. It was like the end of July that I left. Mm-hmm. We haven't been, up to we haven't been doing this State. near enough. Yeah. Um, How long were you up there? Were you up there like a week? Yeah, I flew out here on a Monday morning early and then flew back on a red eye. Basically got shoved out of an airplane into the Blaze Studios and just sat over there with my head on the desk (laughs) while I tried to recuperate. Yeah. Really, really cool. And Now, I, I know that you had wanted to go up to Devil's Creek while you were there, obviously, but... That did not happen? Yeah, that was kind of the intention. And then some uh, mitigating factors. Such as uh, people living there? Yeah. That- and and the odd situation with the people that were living there. Yeah. Made it so that we decided not to go over there. But... Um, well, I, we never really discussed it, but you said... That or I guess we were you were wanting to find out if those people had encountered anything while they lived there. Did you ever get any stories about that at all? Like, did David know anything of anything going on? Or no. The interesting thing is that um, there had been that they, they had obviously gone a few times 
before the whole move-in thing. And there's actually audio that was sent to me today mm-hmm. that was recorded like maybe six, eight weeks ago. That's, I mean, it's just all the same stuff. Like there's a really yeah. kick-ass howl and um, the whoopee wookie thing going on. Um, and in all honesty, like, I'm really pleased with the way that the week went because we got to do some stuff where we got to do some like freelancing. So basically we went to, um, we kind of home based at a certain location at a house, but we, picked a place on the map and we did some cold camping where we went down to the side of a river Mm -hmm. in the general vicinity, but not in the general vicinity. This is all on the Olympic peninsula. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, we had some actually some really profound, stuff happened in terms of um, caught some really crazy audio and I actually heard some things experienced some things like where I like felt like something was moving right in front of me yeah witnessed uh, almost basically like I witnessed something jump a fence line walk in front of me I could hear it moving through the brush and then as it moved down the river on the opposite side like the there was like uh dogs going off there's like kind of a couple of homes over there yeah and it was just like could hear it go down the neighborhood um and some cool stuff we'll we'll play all that but i wanted to kind of go backwards in terms of just the fact that on Wednesday, David and I went to the cabin that the Olympic Project owns. And there was a, an expedition that weekend. But David and I got to get up there a day early, hang, go out in the field. Um, this is the infamous Bigfoot bar. Mm-hmm. The Bigfoot bar where... I mean, a lot of people have obviously seen the photos or whatever, but to me, it just like how I showed you who David Ellis was via that Giorgio show, the yeah. In Search of the Unknown with Giorgio when he went up there. Yeah. When he like walks into that, it's a, it's like, we call it a cabin, but this huge barn basically was uh I think that it was originally like a RV, uh, either like a repair place, like where people would like park a garage the, or something, sort of. Yeah. But it was just like a giant, ba- like right. a giant barn, like a hangar, basically. Yeah. But um, when Giorgio goes in there, he's like, doesn't even give them a chance to say hello. He's like, "Hey, I found him," because there's a big <laughs> Bigfoot up on the wall. Uh, lots of tracks and 
really cool. The bar's like made in the shape of a foot and everybody that goes up there signs it. And um, before I say too much else, I, I want to say that uh, Derek Randall's, James Million, Shane Corson, uh, Shelly Covington Montana, mm-hmm. um, all of those people at the Olympic Project, they just kick ass. Um, it was a really incredible experience, and they're all so super cool. And if anybody listening to this gets the opportunity, the next time that they're doing one of those expeditions, I can't stress highly enough that you should go. But so basically, David and I were there by ourselves, and then the next day, the luminaries started to show up, including Cliff Berrickman mm-hmm. and uh, Derek and James and Shane and... So it's really cool meeting these people that like I've known from afar, you know. Right. Um, and did they all all have nice things to say about the show? Yeah, you know the ones that had listened to it, <laughs> which they all have, of course. Of course, obviously <laughs> they're all top subscribers. Yeah, but um, it was a it's a it's a really cool place, and the Olympic Peninsula just in and of itself. At that point, you're it's like right on the edge of the forest, and uh, I mean, it was like being in Alaska. Basically, you're right across the sound from like Canada is just like right over there. Yeah, and uh, just really cool all the way around. Like I said, Better hi, yo, bruh. No. I don't think he was interested in anything that we were doing. Um, but that was really cool. And then, man, I met, like, so many just random people that we have. We have this weird thing where we have this, like, community of people that we don't really know, but we know. Right. And one of those being Todd Hale who is legendary in his own right. Mm -hmm. And I was, I immediately, you know, we jumped in his truck and we ran down to the grocery, like to the gas station. And it was just really awesome. He is as cool as you could imagine. He's, are you recording me right now? What are you doing? (laughs) I'm not talking on your recorder there. But, uh and I ended up meeting and getting a lot of audio from different people. I will say, and this is not the thing that we're going to play, but in regards to Devil's Creek, there was a guy who came to the expedition by himself, really just kick-ass, down-to-earth dude, big guy former military dude and David and I had gone to do something and we came back and basically Shane comes running out of the barn like you guys have got to talk to this dude what's up with that he essentially lived in the same area a different house but in the same area And 
so many of the identical markers that it is trippy. Really? Like, real trippy. Um, Does he have any of that recorded, or did he just <clears throat> was he just telling the stories? No, just telling the story. And yeah. we actually took him in a back room and interrogated <laughs> him and rolled tape on it. Yeah. And uh, uh, will we hear that at some point? I assume. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I just kind of wanted to initially just kind of get a lot of this stuff yeah. off the chest. Um, <laughs> a lot, a lot going on up there. But um, as the uh, like, as the people who were like going on the expedition and the people who were there were there was a big crowd there like a lot of people probably like 40 with this uh property that they have is real big and um got the opportunity to sit around the campfire shoot the shit until the wee hours of the morning mm-hmm. cause some people some of whom may or may not be famous to wish that we would shut up in the middle of the night, but we did not. We left our mark. Okay. Talk was well represented (laughs) deep into the night. And we actually there like at the place had some activity at the barn. Yeah. Yeah. Like from the tree line which was interesting. And again, it's uh, one of those kind of places where it's surreal being there anyway, but then you step into the forest and it's like going back in time, you know, yeah. real Jurassic in nature. So it was really cool. But, and this just happened like out of nowhere. I just, there was this real quiet guy. I think he had been there like a day, like I hadn't really seen him at all, but his name was Mitchell and he uh, was standing outside. They brought, we got to witness the nest area. And if you're been keeping up at all, they actually brought a piece of a nest from the nest site and let, People like put masks on and gloves and look for hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's profound research going on right there. And sure. again, whatever, um, it's like a thing with Meldrum and Berrickman and Todd Disatel from Syracuse University or NYU, one, the DNA guy, They're all involved in this and really. Really cool. The crazy thing is, is like the day that um, Shane and Derek came out there, they had been at the nest site earlier that day. And I want to say there's like something like 16 to 20 nests in this area. And they were looking at this one that was on the ground at the base of this tree. And they kind of both started looking up and boom, there's one like, 30, 40 feet up on a branch, like a smaller one directly above a big one at the base. 
A nest, you mean? Yes. Okay. I thought you meant a, a creature was up no, in the no, tree. No, I was no, like, no, what no, the? no, no, no. No. Um, but like uh, for everything that everybody's heard about this thing, like it's a ongoing, yeah, current um, exploration of that area. Like they just happened to find like another one, and it's that kind of thing where it's like. If whatever it is that are building these nests that are big enough that you and I could both lay down in them, right, Mm -hmm. has this one on the ground and then 30, 40 feet directly above in the nook of a branch on the same tree, there's a smaller one. Stash a baby up that thing. It's weird, isn't it? It's real weird. Yeah. And did you go to these places? Did you go to the nest? No, they they brought nests to us. Okay. They like almost like pie clipped one because they they're too big. You can't just like you're not taking this thing and Stupid putting it in the back of a truck, right? Yeah. So they had like very meticulously cut like a section of one, brought it in, and um, really cool. And a lot of those pictures, you know. Um, I've been waiting to share. A lot of those are online anyway because people that are in the OP have shared. So it's not that hard to find them. But So this guy, Mitchell. Yeah. Um, so anyway, right before they brought the nest out, I'm kind of standing outside. I say, what's up to this dude? And I just get to talking to him. And... Uh, Ellie has the ability to pause this if you want to pause it, but I just okay. wanted you to hear this interview. Go ahead and run it. Here with Mitchell. Uh, so when did you get into it? Into Bigfooting? Well, it's been about 41 years ago. Me, my dad, and my sister, we had been out on the West End on Highway 112. We were fishing a pond. We're coming on our way back, and we had one car on the highway that was in the car, and we stopped. And I was around 12 or 13 at the time, and it really got me good. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, it did, and stuff, and it was about 20 years later when I had my second actual encounter, which was a daylight encounter, which was off of Dempsey Road which is over on Highway 112, which is on the other side of Mount Mueller. Okay. And this is Mueller? Yeah, Mueller. Okay. Through here. And, uh, yeah, I had a good good encounter there, and that, you know, everything just got me hooked, and I was able What to... happened then? What happened the second time? Second time, I walked in, I was scouting in an area for actual hunting deer. It was in September. It was on the 18th. I was walking in, I had a shotgun with me, and it was grouse, you know, you could shoot grouse and rabbit at that time, so I had a shotgun with me. I had a slug, but I mainly had, you know, bird shot in there. I was walking in, got in about two miles, come around this big, I guess you call them Himalayan blackberries. They're the bigger blackberries, and the, the bushes can get pretty high, especially when they grow over, like, logging debris and stuff where they pile it up. And I come around a corner, and there was one standing there eating salmon berries, and that was in 96, when we had that really cold winter with the 
heavy snow over here. We had like four feet of snow in that really? area. Really? Yeah. What did he look like? I uh, he was he was eight eight feet two because I did a measurement the next day when I come back with somebody else. Dark brown hair, almost looks black, but with the way the sunlight would hit it every now and then, you could see that it was just a really dark brown hair. His skin was a dark, dark, almost black. It would be like a dark gray in color, but it had pink in it in spots. Like uh, there's a dis disorder to where you get people of color to where they'll have pink skin. Right. I think it's something like that. Uh, to me, it, it's. I would put it in the same family as a gorilla or something because it had a lot of the same dimensions as a gorilla would. You know, the arm length compared to the... The legs were a little longer than what a gorilla's would be, but you know what I mean by the ratios? Was it crouching or...? Actually, it was standing fairly straight up to... Slightly bent at the knees. and kind of bent forward a little bit, but it was picking these berries... With and just eating them straight, right? Yeah, and then sometimes it would use its whole hand and pull the bush over... And it'd use its lips to just, actually... Just get the berries off. Grabbing the berries, and it would grab some of the leaves and roll them up. Roll the leaves from the salmon berries up. And How long did you get a look at it? It's about 12 to 15 minutes. Really? And, yes. It didn't know you were there? Uh, it knew I was there. When it happened, I came around. I see it for half a second. I'm thinking, you know, bear... Then I realized it wasn't a bear, and I'm watching it eat. Then I must have said something, you know. Like, holy it, shit, probably? Yeah, holy shit, <laughs> what the fuck, or right, something like right. Excuse my language. No. But yeah, it just suddenly turned its head, looked at me, then it squared its whole body out to me. To you, really? Yeah. And kept eating? No, it stopped eating then. It just kind of finished what it had. You could hear gut sounds as it swallowed, and you could hear a slight gurgling or whatever. And stuff, and you know, we're like 28 feet apart, I think. It's 28 to 30 feet is about the approximate measurement that we had. And this was during the daytime, so I got to see a lot of stuff, you know. It's, what would his face look like? It, it has a hooded nose, but yet it kind of reminded me of what a gorilla would have. But if, if you look at it, it looks hooded like a human's, but yet it blends into the lip more like a gorilla's would. What would you say was the distance between the nose and the upper lip? Eyes. Uh, Say the base of the nose and the upper lip was probably what two inches, two and a half. I was gonna say you're holding your finger two inches apart there. Yeah, and its lip, its its lips were very dexterous to where it could use them, like a human can't really do it, you know. Yeah, but like an ape. Like an ape, you know. I've seen chimpanzees do it, but I haven't really seen uh, gorillas do that. But I've seen chimpanzees do it and. Yeah, it's, you know... It didn't flip its lips up at you or anything weird like that? Like it No, it just... It just once squared. It's, once it squared off, it kind of went to a blank expression, I guess you'd say. It was just sitting there staring at me, and after a few minutes, we both kind of... It seemed like we are both eyeing each other, you know, up and down, and that's when I started looking at the body, trying to take mental notes and, and that. And wow. Then it kind of started... You know, just slightly swaying back and forth, looking at me. Then, after a while, both of us just sitting there staring. It kind of turned its head and looked, and that's when I could see the actual lights. That's when it's turned like that. And then it kind of focused back on me. Then you could watch its speed. It kind of actually turned its foot, and then it started going and went so far, stopped, turned, and looked back. 
and as it went off, it put in trees and brush between us, and I couldn't see it anymore, but it was quiet. But I got to see the feet really good, how it walked. The feet, you know, everybody talks about metatarsal break or mid-tarsal break. It definitely has some kind of hinge like that. But it seems to be flexible in both directions, up and down. Really? Yeah. Which would help out yeah. here. Well, yeah. And, you know, I was talking to Dr. Meldrum about it. Because I haven't let people know all the details on the feet or that. But, you know, the way that the foot padding is and all of that, that I could see on it when the foot would come up, it was actually, to me, it looked like fatty pads would kind of go down. But when the foot would go down, those fatty pads would spread out and right, flatten right. out. So, yeah. you, so you don't see no arch or anything like that. Like it had fat on the bottom of its foot yeah, almost. Yeah, well, fat, you know, right under the ball uh -huh. and under the heel. And when the foot would go down, it'd make Display it Display a little bit. Yeah, and the, the actual toes would shorten up. But when the weight was off to put the toes, it'd get long. Whoa. And that was one thing, you know, I'm sitting there saying, okay, is this a guy in a suit? Is this a something, you know, somebody screwing around with me? I was able to eliminate all of that because... But the way the toe flexation was, digging actually into the dirt, you know, it, no Hollywood suit's going to do that unless you got a whole damn crew with the damn cables and all of that. And it's not going to... Okay, I was listening to Derek. Yeah, you're going to get in on that nest here? No, no, I'm going to let the others do that because I've actually found bedding areas up in here. Really? Yeah. Hello? I've dissected... A couple of them. Yeah. And stuff like what they've done. Yeah. I've been trying to get people, you know, to look for stuff like that for years. I was calling uh, beds instead of nests. Almost got, you know, Grover to come out here for that. Call it, just call it uh, ground hammocks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good call. That's a pretty wild story. I don't know that I've heard of someone saying that they've sat there and watched one for so long. That's fairly unique. Yeah, and I mean, met a lot of people who've, like this dude, he was totally unassuming about it. Yeah. That, like probably the quietest person there. Like I just so happened to be like, Hey, what's up, man? You know, he was standing outside. We're standing by the truck. He was smoking a cigarette and I was just like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Kind of thing. He had an, uh, an Olymp like an old Olympic project hoodie on. And, um, to be completely honest with you, I don't think I saw him again. The rest of the time we were there, really? like he was, that like in and out and you know you you meet people that have encounters and you hear them a lot because they talk about it a lot yeah and one of the cool things about what i did was i basically talked to todd about what happened to him when he was a kid. And I talked to the guy that I was saying was kind of over there in the Devil's Creek area mm -hmm. and Mitchell. 
And it was three stories that I hadn't heard before. And rather than come home and bam, bam, here's this episode and just listen to this, I wanted you to hear it because it was matter of fact. Like yeah. He was real chill about it. And I know it sounded like I was leading the witness, but the reason I was doing that was because he was showing me physically how the feet like were. How the feet were. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to explain, like what he was showing. Yeah. What he basically is saying there is that when he said it was standing straight up, he was like, I came around and it was standing there, but like slightly bent at the knee, but just pulling berries like this. And then it would pull the whole bush in and he was doing this like, you know, like, right. Like, like sucking a berry off of like a, how a chimpanzee exactly. has like that really flexible mouth. Yeah. I thought his, and you don't get to hear this very often, like the description of the skin and the description of the nose. He was like, you know, hooded like ours, but almost like slid up like a gorilla's, uh-huh. which is, you know, I've heard that before, but real, real descriptive. And I mean, I, you know, I don't know if he sat there and watched it for 12 minutes, but that. I mean, yeah, he says 12 to 15 minutes, which seems like. Forever. forever, and I would think that you it's could, probably shorter than that, but maybe it felt. You're felt right, that way. Yeah. exactly. Uh, um, but he had all his other details about how close it was, being able to get over there the next day and kind of measure it out. What he says right there at the beginning is he's saying that he was in the car with his dad and something crossed One, in front of the road. Crossed the road. And so it, was he local? I mean, I was I was yeah getting yeah, that like he lived, lived right there, right there. Okay. Which is, uh, I want to say, I want to say he lives in Port Angeles, which if you're driving out onto the OP, Port Angeles is a port city. Mm-hmm. And like that way across the strait is Canada. And you kind of turn left into the peninsula. There's like a road that goes all the way around it like this. Yeah. And then like. I'd say probably like 80% of that's national forest. I thought it was, uh, it stuck with me only because like he was just so. Yeah. He's not getting out there on a bullhorn and saying, Hey, I, sh- I saw one 20 years ago and it looked at me and yeah, you know, made eyes toward it was, me. It was really interesting the way that he said once, like it noticed him that he said it squared to him mm-hmm. and that they just kind of had a little stare off and it was kind of looking back at him, but kind of swaying. What he was explaining was that when he noticed the feet was it kind of turned again, upper torso, like not taking his eyes off of him. Right. And then started stepping, you know, away, but watching and then kind of away, and then looking back. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that he said that it was it was watching him, but before it started moving, it looked its head like to where it was going to go, and that's what he's saying. That's when I saw the whites of his eyes mm. because he was like, you know, dark eye, but when it turned like this, I you could, could see, see the beyond the pupil. I thought it was a really cool story, and again... <laughs> 
I don't even know the dude's last name. Um, I'm sure there's people right now who are yelling at me that may have heard this story before, but they didn't hear it on any radio show and that I know of. Or yeah, again, I'm really fascinated by the the person who is into it because something happened to him, but not. You know, yeah. just out there. And this is a big one. I mean, it was eight foot two. That's pretty damn big. Dude. I mean, I know I know there are accounts of big ones, but I know there are also accounts of, you know, moderately sized ones, but that's... Yeah. Did Donna ever say how big she thought the one that she saw was? Uh, as far as, like, an actual height, no. She just said it was massive. Yeah. And... Uh, I got to spend a lot of time with her that week. And um, in fact, she took me to the airport on the way out and conversation about just like, you don't realize how big they are. Like people can tell you how big they are, but then you're like, holy, they're huge. You know, it's, uh, it's, does it, register to say oh they were huge and it yeah. was muscular and it was like donna's thing that she says in that interview with her that we did was that you know it was built for business like it was completely you can see it and you could totally understand how it could take its ass up that ridge like real fast mm-hmm. and that's the thing i mean uh one of the things that the op does is they have like varying types of hikes like if you want to get up to a ridge line you know a couple of those like you have to use a rope go down you know um there's like moderate trail hiking and then there's you know and the uh i've got some shots of where there's a little like a road break and the slope and the things like you know, the slope's like 70 degrees, like that, and just, how are you, if you were going to be in a defensive position, that's where you would want to be, and that's the thinking, is that that's where they hang up there, because it would take one of us forever to get up there. Yeah, they nothing's would see gonna you get coming. To they would I mean, if you did get up there, they would see you coming in plenty of time to get away. And then, you know, curiosity at night, they can get down and then you could it's it's weird on the way that the mountains are, the way that the mountains are so the eastern side of the mountain this is a really good like nature trick if you're ever lost in the woods and you're trying to figure out where you are in that area Mm -hmm. besides well you can look for moss on a tree and moss grows on the north side generally but um the other way is that you know uh the tree line that faces the eastern portion gets so much more sunlight coming this way that mm-hmm. the underbrush is super thick and then on the other side of the hill it's almost like just trees and there's no undergrowth right yeah and just like 
in the thicket, you know, that's like you can be standing right there and you can't see a foot up in front of you, Yeah, especially at night. Um, so it's easy. It's, uh, I would just go ahead and say it's easy to see how something could just fade in the woods and you would, you know, never be able to catch it or run after it or. Lord knows, get a picture of it. There was a bobcat that walked in front of one of the groups. And, like, I saw, like, seven or eight photos of a bobcat, and I barely saw a bobcat. Like, I think there was a bobcat there, <laughs> yeah. but, like, I couldn't really tell. And that's yeah. a bobcat that was standing right there, like, staring at these people. And so, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you're not going to – if one just crosses a road, I mean, that's less than a second or something like that. One yeah. crosses a path or – Runs up a hill or something like that. I I understand why they're, why pictures are difficult, or just how something could happen and it be like a shadow fading into the woods, or you get a silhouette, right? You know, something's blacker than the black of the night, you know, kind yeah. of thing. I, I thought, uh, it, uh, you know, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I know that our opinions have fluctuated on this on this subject, but and. I don't. I, I guess we haven't really, really reassessed in a while. But after being up there for a week and around all these people and hearing these stories, and I mean, has, where are you falling right now on this stuff? I mean, there's got to be something to it. There's got to be. There's no way. Again, I, I'm. I'm go. I keep going back to the if one of them is, if one of the sightings. Yeah. They don't have to all be true. They don't all have to be telling the truth. They don't all have, you know, there could be a lot of mistaken identity. There could be, you know, things that maybe, you know, a lot of times I think about like post-traumatic stress, you know, a lot of that happens with me with um, some stories in some places. Mm-hmm. But there's no way I just don't see it. There's, there's no way that there's this many people over this amount of time that are all basically saying the same thing, seeing the same thing, describing the same thing, the same kind of actions. And then on top of it, like take, Take the Patterson-Gimlin film out of it. Take all of the track casts everywhere out of it. But if it was a murder scene or a crime scene, the one thing that everyone always refers to is eyewitness. And this thing has that in spades. Yeah. And then on top of it, the... the sparseness of the forest, the density, the slopes, the concept of something being out there becomes way more likely as soon as you step into right. the woods. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people who I talk to about this who just completely write it off um, have never, like maybe you've driven through, or you know, maybe you've driven out west or you've driven through uh, you know on i20 to 
Shreveport or something like that, and like, oh, I've seen the trees, but or I've I've driven through the hill country or something, but you don't until you're out there in a place like Olympic Peninsula, and I I haven't been there, but I've seen the pictures plenty, and I can understand, you know, I I believe you when you say it. You don't get it. I mean, I, I can understand driving through a forested part of Dallas and saying, man, nothing's hiding out here. Right. But, like, you get out there and you're basically in, you know, in dinosaur times, more or less. <laughs> like, that's what it looks like out there. Right. Like, uh, there's nothing. Nothing like, but freaking trees. Like our good friend Scott Harriet used to say, the map is not the territory. Like, people are able to look at a map. And that highway, the way that that highway is represented on that map, mm-hmm. where it looks like it's huge going. Th- no. No. It's so tiny. Yeah. Compared to when you scale it out, the way that highways are represented on maps are designed to show you the highways that are represented right. on maps. They're like 100 miles wide by scale or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. You would think that there's, you know. A legion of bulldozers side by side <laughs> yeah. that have cleared that path. And that's just not the way that it is. And then when you think about traveling through these places, shit, man, driving through East Texas on the back country roads, you know, you, if you're going 55 miles an hour, if something was standing two feet in the woods, completely still, and that's the other thing. I mean, they're perfectly camouflaged for it. Yeah. I mean, a person could be standing there dressed normally and you probably wouldn't see them. Right, right. And we're talking talking about like somebody right there, you know, or something right there. Not even the fact that, well, for as far as you can fucking think, there's nothing there. Yeah. And it is so fantastical of a thing because, again, we live in the age of thinking that we know everything and thinking that we've got it all figured out. And I just... I can't wrap my head around how everyone would be mistaken, everyone would be lying, everyone would be full of shit. How many people were at, were out at this thing, do you think? <laughs> probably like 40, probably like 20 or so members-ish mm-hmm. with their families and stuff, and then probably um, a certain amount of custies, you know? <laughs> You know, people who pay for the expeditions. Yeah. And I jokingly say custies because the the ability to be able to go to that place and just hang with these people is worth the money. Yeah. And then on top of it, you get presentations from Cliff Berrickman. You get to see David Ellis cast tracks. You get to, mm-hmm. I mean, David Ellis presenting audio and playing the howl from Falk, Arkansas. Oh, what? Did he really? Oh, yeah. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. It is. It is. I think he was doing it for me, but, <laughs> you know, and the opportunity to sit around. There's a reason that so many of these people are into this because most of those people have had something happen to them. And if something like that happens to you, and you find a group of people that are also in agreement that yeah. you know something happened to me. You could see why. Well, I mean, the reason the reason I ask that is to further hammer home the point of 
why haven't we found anything? That's 40 people, 40 people for a week that are out Oh, there. not even a week. This is oh, like for a, a couple of days. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, break I mean, camp on Sunday. That's that's nothing. That's nobody. Like, I mean, not not I'm not trying to belittle them, but that's just that's <laughs> you are nothing. But that's I mean, in as far as combing the wilderness to try to find some sort of hidden creature, that that's nothing. Like no, you know, of course you're not necessarily going to find something. And I, 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 you know, how many people are really out there actively looking most of the time? Right. You know, a couple hundred maybe. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Like even if it's a thousand. Yeah. In the United States, <laughs> like that's nothing. Yeah, it really is nothing. And one thing that I will say too about that nest area that I didn't know going into it is that was a forest worker that found that oh, and yeah. contacted them and said, hey, you need to come out here and look at this. And that's somebody that is out there in the woods, comes across, I mean, and it's extremely difficult to get to, side of a slope kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's someone who works out there, saw that and said, I need to contact now that, now that's weird, isn't it? the Olympic project. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. weird, isn't it? Um. And it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's mind boggling. I go back and forth on just the, it can be overwhelming in a lot of ways to just be like, holy shit, it's real. And then at the same time, uh, you know, get back into the city and, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it is. Uh, a mystery it is an experience to be in the wilds but then I think of where we are right now and we don't have to go that far to be in the exact same dense as fuck yeah place you know just thinking about East Texas and the way that the little towns are so separated because of the dense, denseness of the forest. And I imagine it's that way for just about everywhere. I mean, probably a couple of hour drive from wherever you are right now. You could be somewhere that you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You're in the, you're in the middle of nowhere. You don't have to fly halfway across the country. To- yeah. And we live in a super populated area. And yes, if you drive, but then at the same time, you know, I say that I was going to say, if you point your, self in one direction like north but but that's not true like oh the you know southeastern oklahoma just on the other side of the like the eastern portion of the state all the way up through oklahoma into arkansas mm-hmm. louisiana that just and the the pacific northwest is legit you, you've got it's uh yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can't sit here and say that all these people, number one, who I know and I trust, you know, who have said that they've seen things, yeah. and then on top of it all to have, again, dismissing the, even dismissing the Patterson-Gimlin film, because that's one thing that I can't wrap my head around. Okay, I know people will get mad about that, but. I I don't know that that's real. Okay? Yeah. It's just me. 
I don't know if the two people who are in an area to shoot a Bigfoot movie, they stumble across a Bigfoot. <laughs> they shoot a Bigfoot movie. Okay. Like, yeah. Again, I, I, I think that's one of the things that gets lost about that story a lot when people talk about it. It's like, no, they were they were there looking for to for shoot a movie about a big right. Yeah. That's why they were there. And I realize why people, you know, dude, I go, I've heard the arguments both ways a million times. I just, I'll tell you the one thing that I don't understand about Patty is every other thing that I've heard about big feet squaddle mm-hmm. is that they're fast and they get the fuck out of there yeah and why did patty just walk and look <clears> over <throat> her shoulder well i mean it sounds like that's what happened to mitchell i guess he didn't say he ran away i guess i don't know i mean a, a guy I, I mean whatever you could you could look at mitchell and you could say he was out there on mushrooms or he's out there on right on whatever and and saw a bear and and talked to a bear for for an hour right but those are some kick-ass mushrooms (laughs) but i mean i in a way i believe him like i he was i believe that what he's telling is the truth he was out there hunting he's from the area he knows what wildlife is in the area he says he looked at it for i mean he says 15 minutes but even if it were five minutes he looked at it long enough to say okay well that's is that a bear? No, that's not a bear. That's something else. Right. Incredibly detailed. And yeah. again, I want to say that regardless of whether or not you think the Patterson-Gimlin film is real, regardless of whether or not you think, like I've seen some wacky tracks, right? And I saw a lot of wacky tracks this weekend or whatever, two weeks ago. Um, And I say wacky tracks as in like, Wow. Yeah. That's insane if that is what it looks like it is. But people will always be like, well, there's one dude who said he made tracks in the woods. So all the tracks are false. Right. And then there's this guy who said. Look at what was going on down in Round Rock. Right. There's this guy who (laughs) said he was in that suit. Yeah. And okay. So all of that is. You can take all that away. And. Um, I probably have a stronger bend towards the audio analysis stuff because it's something that I experienced firsthand. And then there's so much that I've heard that I've just been like, what the fuck is that? Right. I mean, just go anybody go back and listen to the freaking devil's Creek episode, which has got, I mean, I've heard from so many people who have listened to that and said that was some of the weirdest shit I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah. And I agree. I, I mean, it was it was freaking me out listening to it. I'm sure it was the same for you. Like, it's, there's something. I don't. I, I don't. I don't care if you don't believe any of these sightings. There's something out there talking like a human being and messing with cheerleader cheerleader dolls in the middle of the night and leaving shit behind. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. What's really interesting is Shane Corson from Monster X Radio, who we had such a good time together. And again, I can't stress enough how much I appreciate Derek and James and Shane and everyone for allowing David to bring me to this place. And, um, you know, they're just incredible people. Um, but 
Shane has been to Devil's Creek and actually camped mm-hmm. down by the wood line and had something walking around his tent, uh, caught some things that were very similar to the, some of the stuff that we've caught. And, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me not to hear these stories from these people that I just don't think that they're all full of shit, you know? Yeah. And again, I'm the person like the, again, the crazy thing is, is like most of those people wouldn't believe me when I told them that I was in an old hotel and had shit talking to me while I was sitting right there. Yeah. Like <laughs> they, 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 you there's were crazy. definitely, there is definitely a bent on, on with a lot of these people that are like, that's fucked up. Like that, you're crazy for thinking that. Right. I'm the one. All that's, this stuff is real. <laughs> right. I'm the one that's the wacky person. Right. Because yeah. Obviously, it's you know, it's just a gorilla in the woods we hadn't found yet. Yeah. You're talking to uh, yeah, spirits. Yeah. You're talking <laughs> to quote unquote ghostesses. Yeah. That's crazy. So, again, I come from the <laughs> I come from the land of where I know. For a fact that there is some sort of spiritual something going on, whatever, like more than I do anything else. Mm-hmm. So for me to be able to say that I, I like I know that's happening, I can't turn around and say to sure. these people that they're crazy. Yeah, I don't know what to say to the people who, <clears throat> like whether they're being beamed out of spaceships, all that. I don't know anything about all that. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Just coming, like, coming, just like they're like coming into your room through a light bulb. Right. Just <laughs> like the people that are like, I don't know what you're talking about when you say that some girl, little girl talked to you in a hotel or, you know, something moved or this or that. Right. And I don't, yeah, I don't hold it against these people. And the, I think that there's an interesting thing with the demographics of people that are into a lot of people that are into Bigfoot that are conservatives, a lot of them are religious, a lot of them are just uh, red states, yeah. you know, like down-to-earth red state Americans. And I can't say that those people... I just don't. I just don't see how they're all just making it up. Yeah. I, I, I do think it. It's interesting. I I think that the reason that more people that are like that are into it is because more people that are into that are in the woods. I really think that that's the that's the thing. Yeah. I think that one thing that I will tell you about the Pacific Northwest that you don't really think about because you think about Seattle and you think about how liberal and Jimi Hendrix and (coughs) Nirvana, but that area is really uh, blue collar. The logging industry dominates that area, so we'll see a lot of black people up there. Just going to be honest, you know, it's uh, it's people that are in the woods, working the woods, that are busting tail, doing what they're doing, and I think that the reason that that this thing attracts those people is because they're there. Right. They're more likely to be in those situations. Right. They're out there hunting or they're out there working or whatever. So more audio forthcoming then? Yeah. 
for sure. Interviews? For sure. Did you talk to Cliff much while you were there? I did. Shout out to Cliff. What up, baby? <laughs> He's cool. That's awesome. He's cool as shit. Uh, again, he was working. You know what I mean? Like, he's there. He's The dude's so killer about giving his time to the people that are there. Um, They all are. Mm-hmm. Like, I uh, tried to play more of Observer until the darkness set in, and then I was entertaining people, but that's a whole other thing. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, a lot of Bigfoot luminaries. A lot of people got a dose of Clint. Hopefully it wasn't too much. Um, no, I had a blast, man. I, I absolutely cool. had a blast, and I know it's not all about that, you know, Like, but I had a blast meeting a lot of these people that I know and a lot of these people that I've just heard of. Yeah. And so it's that thing with us in radio where, you know, these people like I was like, I could give a shit about meeting Deion Sanders. Like that was no big deal or Michael Irvin or Louis Gohmert. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I worked at the ticket, it was the ticket guys were the celebrities. It wasn't right. Yeah. Screw all the sports people. The guys that I, it was because I, heard them and felt like I knew them without meeting them. And so there was a lot of people who felt like they were kind of legendary before I had met them. Right. Which was cool. So I don't want to take up a ton of time. I don't want to, I don't know. I don't know what else to really say about it at the moment. I want to do, the same thing with uh, with the uh, Devil's Creek thing, and I want mm-hmm. to do the same thing. Todd's just hanging with Todd's cool as shit. We also we also have like we rolled tape at the campfire for forever, <laughs> which is like I have like a four and a half hour <laughs> file of just. BS. Lots of BS, but a lot of really, you know, like it's goes back to that old line in Lonesome Dove, which I really enjoy where Augustus McRae says, let the boy stay out here. The only way he's going to learn anything is listening to me talk. Yeah. And there's a lot of that going on. Like I met a lot of people um, that, that it's got to be killer to be like around a campfire around people who right. are sharing yeah. stories. And like, I freak some people out just telling my own weird stories, not just your big footery, but there were some people that were <laughs> whipped the fuck out when I told them about having the experience with David about having, let's talk about your dogs. And then 30 minutes later, we have audio on a tape saying a dog's name that, mm-hmm definitely weirded some people out so i want to say to everyone you know amy and barbara and cheese ronald so many folks you know really enjoyed getting to meet you and thank you so much all of you for your hospitality and just being cool and being who you are and what's our website olympicproject.org i think that's right 
believe that is correct. I don't know what you're doing right <laughs> now. She's learning how to moonwalk. I need to see this by the end of the show. Yeah. Who doesn't? Um, well, that's cool. I look forward to hearing yeah. that audio. Yeah, it's nice to have a little nice button-down episode. Yeah. Well, I, I do want to say before we leave, I mean, I we mentioned this on Facebook, but uh, one of my favorite authors passed away recently. And um, I just want to say, see at the crossroads, Jim Mars. Pour one out. You know, it's interesting. Uh, before before you texted me or before you had posted the story, uh-huh. you know who hit me up with that? It was Clint Harris. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. We lost a good one tonight, brother. I mean, it really was. I was not, I mean, I, I wrote, uh, I mean, I wrote what I felt on, on Facebook, which is true. Like, Jim was the, you know, who... Eric Von Daniken and, you know, all these other guys were to other people. Like, Jim was that guy to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, previously to that, I'd just been, I, like I said, watching Unsolved Mysteries, watching X-Files, you know, good stuff, but not not where I was, like, really thinking about it. Right. And then I don't remember how I came into a copy of Crossfire, but I did. And Crossfire being his huge book on the JFK assassination, uh, the basis for the movie JFK, and... I when I read that I was like I knew there was there was something like there were questions about the JFK assassination but I didn't really know how how deep that went and I read that book and I was just blown away by <laughs> yeah is she getting it in there I don't know what what's going on <laughs> we're trying yeah we're trying heavily um and so I was I was just blown away by the amount of information and the amount of different ideas and theories that went into the JFK assassination and then he followed that up with Alien Agenda and which you know really spoke to me because I was big into aliens back then huge into the UFOs and government cover-ups of of UFOs and ancient aliens and all that stuff. I mean he he was the first place where I even heard about the ancient alien theory. Right. Um and on top of all of that he was, you know, geographically, he was basically my neighbor. Like he lived in, in my hometown, and my mom brought him out for like a local authors symposium, basically. And uh, he ha- he has a PO box in Springtown, or he had a PO box in Springtown. So like, uh, just to think that like here's this guy who's you know one of the guys in that field, and he lives right in my hometown, and he covered the Lake Worth monster for the Fort Worth Star Telegram. Right, like all sorts of things, just made me really appreciate who Jim Mars was, and um, the the time that I met him, he was very nice. And the other uh, another story is, I was just had started working in radio, working evenings. Uh, the evening news anchor Lane, I got to know him. We were talking about these subjects, mm-hmm. and uh, I found out he was into it. And so I lent him uh, Rule by Secrecy, which talks a lot about secret societies and uh, ancient aliens and stuff. Stuff, and he had that on him when he met Jim at a at a JFK thing and said, hey, my buddy Matt lent me this book. Could you sign it for him? And he did. And he wrote in it, um, thanks for sharing the knowledge, as knowledge is power. Best regards, Jim Mars. And I thought that was a really cool inscription. Like, he not, I mean, obviously he wasn't going to be a dick about it, but he was, he was just happy that someone was taking his stuff and sharing it around and letting, you know, letting yeah. people know 
uh, what he felt was the truth. So the thing that um, that besides the fact that we lost a contributor, the thing that really bummed me out was that we didn't get a chance to talk to him. I yeah, and it also like again puts into focus the fact that you know tomorrow's not promised for anybody. Yeah, if you got something you need to say to somebody, do it because you don't know. Like you weren't expecting that. No. And it could happen to anyone. Doesn't matter age, race, no creed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he and, was definitely one of those guys where if I had a short list of people who I wanted to talk to on the show. Yeah, we've was, talked about it before. We yeah, talked was, about getting him on. Yeah, he was up just, there. It's unfortunate, but, um, you know, what he contributed in the lot difference that he made in people's lives and everything, that'll go on forever. So, yeah. I've always kind of hoped that the afterlife includes answers to the questions you were looking for. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's like my idea of heaven is getting somewhere and being like, the fuck is up with ghosts? What's what's up with Bigfoot? Right. What's up with JFK? Like what's up with this stuff and having those answers. And I mean, I can't do anything with it, but at least I know. Right. And so in a way, like, I hope that's true. And I hope like that dude had a ton more questions than I did. And I hope he's got, got a, the answers. A lot to that. more answers. Yeah. Right. I always um, just hope that there's a, even before the days of the DVR, I just hope that there was a DVR where you could go back and watch the way that stuff happened. Right, yeah. Just rewind time. could see what it looked like when a Dothraki horde was <laughs> accompanied by a dragon. Oh, my God. We probably should stop because we don't want to spoil <laughs> anything for anybody. We should definitely talk about that off the air, though. That was a lot of fun. Good Lord. That was a lot of fun. Um. So, yeah, I... Uh, you can check out what we wrote about that, plus um, anything else over on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Show. I put up a call there today to go out and leave a rating and review on iTunes. Um, seriously, I mean, we got a, we've got a bunch. I was actually talking to a, uh, a guy who's, I guess, well-known in the podcast world, considers himself a podcast expert, told him about our show. He looked at it, and he's like, you guys got to have a decent number of, review, of reviews, which I, I appreciate. And, uh, you know, for, I guess, the ratio to the amount of shows that we had versus uh, reviews was good, but it could be better. Um, so, yeah, just go out there, leave a review. Let us, uh, or even if you don't want to leave a review, just leave a, a rating. Add your uh, add your stars to the pile and uh, let people, uh, help let people know that we're out there. Share the Facebook page around. Share any of our Facebook posts around. We've been putting up some pretty cool articles do you see that article about the sea lice? Yeah, that's so disturbing. <laughs> I can't even. I want to go ahead and put out a call to do this. If you don't know how to do any of the other stuff, I want you to write OK Talk, listen to it on a piece of paper. <laughs> and then I want you to fold it up into a paper airplane. And throw it. And then I want you to throw <laughs> it into a heavily populated area. Mm-hmm. Preferably hard. Right. <laughs> At the very least, if you know somebody, and you probably do know someone that is into the same weird shit that you're into, let them know about the show. Kill. I reckon you know a lot about cyberspace. You you ever come across anything like time travel? Easy. I've already looked into it for myself. Right on. 
Uh, yeah, Facebook.com slash OK Talk Show, Twitter.com slash OK Talk Show, OK Talk Podcast, I believe, on Instagram. Yes. Um, yes. Finally. Check us out there. Master the Instagram. Have you been... Uh, yeah. You put up some pictures. Yeah, there mm-hmm. were some pictures up there from Olympic Peninsula. I assume you probably have some more that mm-hmm. could maybe go up. Um, and then OK Talk Podcast at gmail.com to send us any... Uh, any of your missives, any of your questions, any of your comments, please let us know. We will certainly put up a video of Ellie Moon walking as soon as she gets it down. I don't know. It looked like a disaster. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe give her a week. You saw the note she wrote me today, right? Yes. <laughs> Accurate. 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 Um, why I prefer to go by Clinton. <laughs> Beautiful. What does the other side say? Or is that not- it was my half-ass. Oh. I love you, Ellie. <laughs> she did not feel the same. No, she did not. She did not feel the same. Uh, and then, of course, you can find us at OKTalkShow.com and um, subscribe to the show if you're not. I don't know why you're listening to it if you're not subscribed, but subscribe to the show. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Country boy, ain't got no shoes Country boy, ain't got no blues Well, you work all day while you're wanting to play In the sun and the sand with the faces stand At the end of the day when your work is done You ain't got nothing but fun Country boy, ain't got no wills Country boy, you don't owe no bills Get a wiggly worm and then you watch him squirm while you put him in a hook and you drop him in a brook. If everything's gonna turn out right, you're gonna fry fish tonight. Country boy, got a lot to lose. Country boy, I wish I was in your shoes. Got a shaggy dog, country boy, up a holler low. Well, it comes in a run when you pick up your gun and with a shell or two, and your dog and you, when you get your rabbit, your skin is high. He's gonna be good fried, country boy. You got a lot to do, country boy. I wish I was in your shoes. Country boy, you got work to do. Country boy, in the morning dew. You gotta plant the seed, you gotta cut the weeds. There's many a road, you know you gotta hope when it's quitting time and your work is through. There's a lot of life in you, country boy. You're lucky free. Country boy, I wish I was you and you was me.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.